It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Inside, a show about empowering our community. I'm Lorraine Ballard Morrill. Inside is sponsored by the. American Association for Cancer Research. 88 cents out of every dollar goes to life-saving cancer research. Do what I have done and give. Go to aacr.org slash donate and thank you. We are going to be devoting an entire half hour to an upcoming event that everyone should be aware of, and it's called the African American Children's Book Fair. It's happening on the first Saturday in February, and uh, joining us in the studio, we kick off with Tiffany Tavares. She is Vice President of Community Relations at Wells Fargo, and they have been a tremendous supporter of this event. Tiffany, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Wells Fargo has really been on the forefront of providing fun Funding for many different programs and campaigns that elevate reading. And I wonder if you can talk about how this fits into your overall mission. No, that's a fantastic question. And thank you so much. Well, first of all, I'm really excited about this particular event just because I grew up with a number of children's books myself. And it's just really exciting to work for a company that has such a significant commitment to literacy and specifically early childhood literacy. We know that you cannot accomplish anything in life without the basics, without the fundamentals, including reading. And so we have made an investment in the city of Philadelphia for a long time with a number of educational organizations. But we also know that sometimes, you know, with a lot of programs behind the scenes, we also need some activity. We need we need to see how is it that we can get kids and families and adults involved in this whole process. And so when Vanessa came to us with this particular opportunity a number of years ago, we had to jump on board and we have been a proud sponsor of the African-American Children's Book Fair for a number of years. One of the great aspects of this book fair is that not only are there books to buy, but for teachers, there are books that are free that will be provided uh, thanks to the funding from Wells Fargo. No, absolutely. And that's a great point and, and a nice reminder for that matter. So in addition to supporting the event and kind of the overall logistics, I think the most exciting component about our partnership with them is that we realize there are a number of teachers, right? Teachers come out of pocket for a number of supplies that they need for their classrooms. And to me, that really speaks to the volume of their commitment to the students in their classroom. And so when they come to this event, as long as they have their ID with them and they can actually show what school they're with and what school district, they actually have an opportunity to garner a number of free materials, including children's books that we support um, and sponsor for free for their classroom. There are a lot of large corporations out there and they do, there are many efforts to make a difference in the community. But I have to say that in my personal experience, our relationship, our partnership with Wells Fargo has been unique because it's not like you're throwing money at things. You're actually supporting organizations and campaigns that are making a measurable difference. For instance, the Read by Fourth campaign, which is all about making sure that kids read a grade level by fourth grade because we know that it's really critical for that to happen for kids to have success, right? No, thank you so much for that love, uh, Lorraine. We will accept that stamp of approval from you all. This is fantastic. And this is exactly why we have such a great partnership with uh, with you, because 
without the community work and without the community storytelling, then how would people know about it and these great resources? So with regards to Read by Fourth, if you don't know about Read by Fourth, you have to check it out. It's just a fantastic resource, a coalition of a number of individuals and organizations throughout the city of Philadelphia really working together um, and really campaigning to ensure that our kids read at the grade level that they need to in order to be successful in school um, and for that matter, successful in life. And so we're excited to not just have Read by Fourth actually at the African American Children's Book Fair as well, but, well, but you mentioned specifically, aside from investment, we're actually going to have a number of Wells Fargo volunteers that we refer to as the GO team at the event to help as ushers, uh, direct families um, and guardians, parents, et cetera, to particular you know resources that they may need, and just serving as overall great hosts and hopefully cheerleaders. <laughs> and the other thing you mentioned, we, you touched on how so many teachers are poorly resourced. They often have to come out of their own pockets. One other campaign that we're also partnering on, which I'm so happy about, is the Teach and Reach campaign that Wells Fargo has been so generous in supporting, which provides $1,000 to a nominated teacher who has been selected to uh, spend on their classroom, and then another $1,000 that they can spend on themselves however they want. And that is just an awesome, awesome program. No, um, we're so excited about it. It has been tremendous. As you know, the the response has been overwhelming and actually quite moving to learn about the different stories that teachers are willing to share and and to be honest how much they sacrifice to ensure that their children are learning um, in safe environments with people that really do care about their well-being and to be honest when initially at the team uh, at Wells Fargo talked about it you know we talked about the thousand dollars because again we are aware that many schools don't have libraries and they need materials etc and I remember in a meeting I said you know what we should actually include another thousand dollars for the well-being of that teacher right because oftentimes you know as much as we um, as individuals and again organizations are willing to invest in a lot of successful programs, we're only going to be as successful as the people that facilitate them. And that was really what that's about. And and I've had the honor and pleasure, along with other members of the Wells Fargo team, to meet some of the teachers, and they've just been phenomenal. And once again, you know, a lot of times it really does matter who the leadership is. And your colleague and I guess your boss, in, in a sense, <laughs> Aldisus Jordan, mm-hmm. who I don't even know what his title is now because he's like he's like the uh, oversees the nation, right, for Wells Fargo <laughs> yes, and he's, community. He's, I love actually I, I kind of want to leave it there. Uh, oversees the nation. Uh, so he serves as national co-leader for the Wells Fargo Foundation. He's just a, been a fantastic mentor, friend and just leader at the company. Um, and then obviously to myself personally and professionally. And so when I think about really, you know, the teachers that make an investment, you know, hopefully for a number of our of our wonderful children, that that kind of mentorship and, and relationship continues throughout their life with people like him. And we have to also give props to you as well, because <laughs> you, you do bring a lot of heart to the whole process. No, and, it means uh, a lot. And I think that you really do bring, um, I guess what they call stereotypically, a lived experience of what it's like to really understand how important it is for us to support these initiatives that have to do with kids being successful through learning to read and reading at grade level and getting those kinds of supports that sometimes they don't get. I'm glad that you pointed that out. You know, I I am not ashamed ever, and I bring it up all the time, that I come from a very survival of the fittest background in a very low-income neighborhood with, you know, family members that were struggling with a number of issues. And so to be in a career that is about paying it forward, it's something that's very fulfilling for me. It's something I take very seriously because often 
oftentimes when I look at the families and the youth that were supporting the community, I mean, they, they are my mom. They are me. They are my brother from, you know, 30 plus years ago to know that I'm able to actually facilitate the opportunities that maybe others have actually done for me and, and, and my colleagues. It's just really uh, heartwarming and something that, that I will never take for granted. Anything else you'd like to add? Just that I adore you and, and the family here. All of you guys have been great. We are really grateful for this partnership and we just look forward to, you know, doing bigger, better things in the new year. Wonderful. <laughs> Tiffany Tavares, she is a shining light. Vice President of Community Relations for Wells Fargo, which is one of the sponsors of the African American Children's Book Fair, which is in its 28th year. It's on the first Saturday in February at Community College of Philadelphia from 1 to 4 p.m., 17th and Spring Garden. We'll be talking with Vanessa Lloyd-Scambati, who is the founder and the she is the heart of that event. And uh, we're going to also speak to some of the authors who will be featured. So thanks again for joining us, Tiffany. Thank you. I'm Lorraine Ballard-Marl. We'll be back after these messages. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. You're listening to Insight. I'm Lorraine Ballard-Morrill. The 28th Annual African American Children's Book Fair is happening on Saturday, February 1st. It is always an absolutely do not miss event. Hundreds of books out there, um, dozens of award-winning authors and illustrators that kids can meet in person. And Vanessa Lloyd Scambati, who is the founder of this event and also of the African American Children's Book Project. I am so glad that we are supporting this event once again. Tell us about what this is for those few people who don't know. This is the largest, one of the largest and oldest children's, not just African-American children's book fairs in the country. In fact, I am going to be speaking in London at the University of London in March, and they found out about my book fair, and they wanted me to come and share my experiences to help them better understand the importance of having books that reflect your images especially to children. Mm. So I'm excited to celebrate the 28th anniversary. And you said dozens. We have 36 best-selling African-American authors and illustrators. All those authors and illustrators that win uh, Caldecott Honors, Coretta Scott King Awards, people who win um, the Image Awards, they're going to be in Philadelphia. In fact, this year, Lorraine, of the five children's picture books that are nominated for the Image Awards, Four of them will be in Philadelphia. And it just so happened the fifth one is not truly an African-American, but that's not to say you shouldn't buy that book. But we have four of those people, and there's so many great books. And this morning, we're going to hear from some of the people who are the participants. Yes, and we're so very glad to speak and kick this off by talking to one of the authors that will be joining us, Pam Tuck. She is the author of As Fast as Words Can Fly. Thank you so much for joining us, Pam. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, let's talk about the book. It is a book that is a memoir and a tribute to your father. Tell us more about it. Well, this book is actually about my dad and his journey in desegregating the 
school systems back in the 1960s. Uh, I came from a family of civil rights activists and also a family of storytellers. And growing up, I heard my dad's story of how he and his brothers uh, struggled to integrate the schools in Tate County, Greenville, North Carolina, but how my dad used his typing talent to help break racial barriers. That is the story of so many groundbreakers being able to find the genius or the special talent that allowed those individuals to transcend the the struggles and the challenges of bigotry, right? That's right. That's right. It also, it also shows children that you don't have to be someone great in order to do something extraordinary. Um, my dad used his simple talent of, you know, typing, and he didn't set out to be a part of history, but doing an ordinary thing, an ordinary person doing an ordinary thing. At the right time, he was able to help change and mold history. We look forward to seeing you with Pam Tuck, who is the author of As Fast As Words Can Fly. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. Now we're going to be speaking with Derek Barnes, who's author of this absolutely delightful book called The King of Kindergarten. Thank you so much for joining us, Derek. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Well, let me tell you that when I saw this book and I read through it, it made me think of a song that they taught us when we were in kindergarten. And I won't sing it, but uh, it was something like, I am the happiest child alive. I just had my birthday and now I'm five. Now to the big school I will go to learn all the things I want to know. Thankfully, I didn't sing that because your ears would hurt. But this is a great... I was looking forward to hearing you say that. <laughs> no, no, that, we'll save that for a, a way in the future. So this book is great because um, so often, especially when kids transition from preschool to kindergarten or maybe from no school to kindergarten, it becomes a very intimidating process. But this book really kind of sets you up. And I wonder if you can describe the book and and how it kind of really is a very positive intro for kids who are entering kindergarten. So doing my research, which I, I I have a lot of research, I have a lot of experience with sending kids to kindergarten. We have four, we have four sons. So every kindergarten book that I, that I read up until that point was, you know, the the, uh, lead character was, was frightened and, and nervous, which is, which is understandable, you know, but I wanted to offer a different energy. You know, I always prepared all four of my boys before they went to school, the summer before they started kindergarten. And I call it Daddy's Summer Get Right Camp, where <laughs> I buy all these workbooks and I have all these assignments. I'm talking about like, here's a four-year-old, right? And teaching them, um, you know, to recite all these poems from, you know, notable African-American poets and to recite them in front of, uh, you know, family, neighbors, work on mathematics, reading, you know. And, you know, so that when they get to school, they are, are full of confidence that they know that wherever they're going to face, they are going to be prepared. So I wanted to write a book, and, and you know, with that voice, with that confidence, so that when a four-year-old picks it up and they see this beautiful brown boy on the cover with this crown on his head, that they know that their first day of school experience can be similar to this. You don't have to be afraid. There are people there cheering you on, and there are people there who want you to learn and want you to be great. And, you know, it's like I I just want to offer something different. I think one of the things, too, that's great about this book is that it not only has that very positive attitude about um, starting kindergarten, but it also has a lot of little mini lessons that I think I wish my parents had told me. You have so many passages that kind of give 
kids a blueprint, a framework of how they can be in school. And I just love that because a lot of times, you know, kids, they really don't know what to expect or even how to react. And you have a lot of great life lessons in this book. Most of the things that I write about, I I just pull from my own experiences from just being a parent and how I want to, I want to raise, uh, you know, positive. I tell my sons all the time, when you walk into a room, I want, I want you to be a light. You know, people look forward to seeing you come in because you always say things that make people feel good. You always say nice things to folks. And so I, I just try to weave those into my stories, you know, that you can be a light. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At four years old, five years old, your first day in kindergarten, you know, always uh, start your day with a positive word and treat people the way you want to be treated. That'll that'll add it, you know. So the confidence is not an arrogant confidence, but, you know, a, a lot of the spots in that book as well, uh, the kid is, is, is very kind to his classmates. Yes. Part of being a leader and being a king in this instance is uh, – you know, treating people with respect. Part of having that, that responsibility of being someone that views himself as being the king is also treating people like royalty as well. I love this book, The King of Kindergarten, Derek Barnes, the author. This is really a book for everybody, and I thank you for writing it. And you will be at the African-American Children's Book Fair. Thank you so much. And, Vanessa, did you want to add anything? I just wanted to remind people that if you know the name Derek Barnes was because his book, Crowns, won a ton of awards last year. It won the Kirkus Best Book, Caldecott, Newberry. I, I believe it was two years ago. But this yeah. is a wonderful book to have in your library, even if it's a girl, because it's such a fun read. And I thank you for coming to Philadelphia, Derek, because I know you're on the school visit circuit. So taking time out of your busy schedule to share with us this your latest New York Times bestselling book is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I think this will be my third or fourth time. And I just I, I just love you for, you know, the way you represent my work, but also the work of other African-American illustrators and authors, and we, we all appreciate you. So i see you in Philly in a couple of weeks. Man. All right. Derek Barnes, the author of The King of Kindergarten. Now we turn to Olubemisola Rude Perkovich. She is the author of two, uh, The Two Naomi's. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I love the idea of your book. I wonder if you can describe to us what is the plot of this book, Two Naomi's. Two Naomi's. It's about two girls, uh, both named Naomi, whose parents are dating, and they meet and find out that, well, one, they have the same name, which they did not know before. They're the same age, and of course, their parents want them to be friends. And I wrote from the perspective of Naomi Marie, who's black, and my co-author wrote from the perspective of Naomi Edith, who's white. That's a fascinating uh, plot point because it brings up so many different issues, whether it's the issue of two 
kids dealing with their parents dating also yeah. the cross cultural challenges and yeah. uh, and and points of view that that have to be addressed what are some of the things that you are able to convey and communicate through this book to Naomi's for me one thing that i really wanted to sort of do and reflect in the book were the feelings of the kids that I've met and the young readers that I've met and to let them know that they're seen. And in the book, a lot of times Naomi Marie uh, experiences things where she's not sure. Is She's very confident about who she is and in her abilities and she's very proud of who she is, but she's starting to meet people who don't treat her with the respect that she deserves or people who look at her race and make assumptions about her. In the story, I'm writing about her dealing with that, and then the other Naomi, white Naomi, we call her in the book, she's sort of realizing some of the privilege that she hasn't paid attention to in her life, and she's realizing some of the things that she's have the benefit of not having to notice and not having to pay attention to. And she has to sort of come to terms with her own biases and her own ideas about race. Well, it occurs to to me that this is absolutely on time for the times that we are living in as we grapple with those very issues, not only mm-hmm. in the African-American community of having to deal with the implicit bigotry and racism that is just everyday life, but to many yep. uh, individuals who are white who are beginning to, again, recognize what privilege is, recognize how transparent life can be if you are white, and to see what the implications of that. So that is exactly. uh, that is wonderful, and it sounds like a book that could really be a benefit to a lot of adults to read as well. I think so. I have great conversations with teachers and librarians and parents about the book. And the, there's a sequel called Naomi's Two. And just about how it helps them sort of engage in these conversations with, with children, with their students. They're able to use the story and the characters, the, the two Naomi's, the feelings of the characters to kind of grapple with their own feelings and talk to children to help them articulate how they're feeling. Vanessa Lloyd Scambati's on the line here, and uh, I know that, oh, yay. Uh, yay, and Olobemisola <laughs> Rude Perkovich, and I said that without stumbling, I'm so proud of myself. You will be at the African American Children's Book Fair among the many scores of wonderful authors and illustrators that will be there. Ole Beni Sola. She also has a new book about Alice in Wonderland, the black yes. version. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Uh, really, that's fascinating. So so you, you take you go through a different mirror. One of the scholars whose work I've always admired, um, Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop, wrote about windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors. Mm. So I thought about that a lot while I was writing uh, the Alice in Wonderland adventure. It's uh, for the, the new TV show, Ghost Rider. So it was a collaboration with Sesame Workshop and Ghost Rider. And when they asked me if I'd be interested, I always loved the story, Alice in Wonderland, as a child. But my first question was, um, well, well, the first thing I said was, I definitely would like to make this character black. Because as a child, I would have loved to have seen Alice represented like me. And I think it's such a special thing for children to see that and to know that they can go on adventures. Brown children, black children, 
all of us can go on these kind of adventures and have these kind of fun fantasy stories and imagine ourselves in all these different ways. Well, you see, that's really what's great about the African American Children's Book Fair, because not only does it provide books where people can see themselves represented, but it can also expand the world of those uh, outside of the African American circle to see the variety and possibilities that exist in the world. And we are so glad that you're going to be joining us at the African American Children's Book Fair on February 1st. And uh, so thank you for joining us, Olubemi Sola Rude Perkovich, the author, co-author of Two Naomi's. Thank you for joining us today. And our last celebrity that we're going to be speaking with is Elizabeth Zunon. She is an illustrator, and she's, again, going to be featured at the African-American Children's Book Fair. And, Vanessa, you're bringing her there, along with so many other extraordinary illustrators, because her art stands on its own. I mean, when you look at the books that she's illustrated, you could frame every page, right? Well, you know, I'm all about the illustrations. That's the first thing I look at when I open up the pages of a book. And her work is exactly, they belong in a picture frame. And one other thing about Elizabeth is that she covers it all. She's done books on the one she has now is I Am a Farmer, about a farmer in Cameroon. But she does fun kind of books. She did a book on Lena Horne that I absolutely adore. She also has books that are for young readers, picture books. But when you see the books, you want them also. The book on Lena Horne is something that anybody would want to have on their coffee table. So I'm glad that Elizabeth is coming again. She's been to the book fair a number of times. And she's from Africa. So the one of the books she's presenting, I Am a Farmer, a story about a farmer in Cameroon. The author, Baptiste Paul, is also going to be present. And that's something that I wanted people to know. This is one of the few events outside of an industry event that you would get a chance to meet both the author and illustrator of a book. It is very, very rare. People have come to my book fair and said they're finally meeting the person who illustrated or written their book. Let's talk to Elizabeth Zunan, who is on the line with us right now. Well, I guess we really talked you up, right? You are a very well-regarded illustrator of children's books. And I wonder if you can talk a bit about how you select or how you choose the style uh, that you utilize, because not every book is in the same style. Right, yes. Um, Thank you for those great introductions. Um, I'm very privileged to be able to illustrate books um, about mostly real people. I do a lot of nonfiction uh, picture books. I usually read the manuscript, and then I love mixing different art styles. My favorite art style is painting portraits with oil paint. And then depending on the manuscript, depending on what the book is about, I will choose another element to add to my painting style. So I might choose to add um, cut paper decorative elements into my painting. Um, One book that I illustrated, One Plastic Bag, is about recycling plastic bags. So I use actual plastic bags within the illustrations. So it all depends on what the story about and what the goals of of the story are in in, um, telling the story to the reader and how I can engage the reader in a visual way using a different visual language every time I illustrate a book. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you at the 28th Annual African American Children's Book Fair here in Philadelphia on February 1st. Uh, What's really cool is that budding young artists can get to meet you. And I know that you show possibility for these kids. Exactly. Yes, I'm looking forward to meeting um, all our, our readers on February 1st. I just want to say that Elizabeth has written a book about an African farmer 
and she comes, she was born in Africa, correct, Elizabeth? Yes, I grew up in the Ivory Coast, West Africa. So my book, Grandpa Cacao, A Tale of Chocolate from Farm to Family, is my first authored illustrated book, the first book that I have both written and illustrated. And that's a story about my grandfather, my real-life grandfather, who grew cacao beans so that we can have chocolate to eat. One of the things I did this year was that I made sure that there were children's books that reflected the global perspective of people of color. We've got an author who, Tammy Charles, about a soup that is made on Independence Day. It's a Haitian tale. Then we have another author, Eric Valanquez, who's Afro-Latina, who wrote another soup book. But there's just a little bit of everything for you. Books that empower, enrich, and enlighten one's life. Well, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth Zunan, who is an illustrator and also an author of children's books. Thank you so much and see you at the African American Children's Book Fair. Thank you. None of this would be possible without your sponsors. They bring this whole event to life. A lot of teachers said, I don't have money to put really good books in my classroom. So I thought of an idea. What about sponsors? And if they want to make a donation, let's use part of those donated funds to buy books to give to teachers. So Wells Fargo, AJ and Tiffany, we love you. Pico, Ramona, and Kia. Pico's a very important part of this because they have a couple of workshops that they're sponsoring. And of course, the folks at NBC 10, Telemundo 62, they are sponsoring the Reading Circle. So they will be holding court all afternoon, introducing the authors and illustrators. They've got a booth there giving away free stuff to parents and children. AARP has a present and Green Mountain just came on this year so we're excited to have them there and Comcast they're all giving books to educators I want a kids to know who their elected officials are so we've got a couple of elected officials who are also not just there to say hey I'm elected but they are giving away workbooks that tell the story of African American history we've got Council President Daryl Clark Councilman at Large Derek Green Councilman Kenyana Johnson. The newest addition is Councilwoman Catherine Gilmore Richardson. And of course, Curtis Jones, who is my councilman. I did a project for him this summer going around to all the local barbershops. Lorraine, I can't tell you when he walked into those barbershops and beauty salons with brand new hardcover books, mm. the adults were excited. And I can't forget read by fourth. They with Jenny. They're coming. They got this awesome poster. Make sure you stop at their booth and sign their promise board because there is a poster that every child will get that has all the pictures of the books that are featured at the book fair. And it's free. Yeah. So please try and come. And of course, WDAS, Power 99, iHeartMedia, they will be there. And of course, my good friend, Lorraine Ballard Morrow. I just want to say thank you to Anzia Wims over at NBC10 because he made sure that their contribution continue long after other people had left the building. And, of course, Rick Harris. And without my family, the Lloyd family, I couldn't do this, and the volunteers and people at AARP who are going to be there strong. Thank you. Just thank you. And I'm excited. I got my outfit picked out. <laughs> so come 
Come on time, because if you show up at 3.30, we're wrapping up. And feed your children before you come, okay? And if people want more information about the African American Children's Book Fair, how do they find out more? Call 215-878-BOOK. You can go to our website, the African American Children's Book Project. When we first started, we did not have a website 28 years ago. And you can also just... Listen to this radio station because there will be some great promotions going on to talk up the book fair. It's Saturday, February the 1st, 1 to 4 p.m., and it is a free event. Bring your children, meet and greet these wonderful people you've heard. I'm Lorraine ballard Morrill with Vanessa Lloyd's Combody. And of course, you heard some of the great authors and illustrators that are going to be on site at the African-American Children's Book Fair on February 1st, Community College of Philadelphia, 1 to 4 p.m. And uh, we will see you there. Thank you for listening to Insight. You can stream today's interviews by going to our website and typing in keyword community and clicking on the podcast tab. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lorraine Ballard. That's Lorraine with one R. And do something positive for your community. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.